0: Good morning and welcome. We're grateful for your presence. We're thankful to begin the first Sunday of the new year with a good number of folks, and we're thankful that you're here. If you're visiting, as always, we count you as an honored guest. We encourage you to come back and be with us. It may be that you're looking for a church home as we begin the new year, and we would encourage you to consider the work here. I know that the elders would be more than happy to answer any questions that you have about the work There are any number of folks that have placed membership over the past year, and we would love to have you join our number. We're going to be looking today at the book of Romans in chapter 8 as we think about holding to God's unchanging hand. As we embark on a new year, a lot of things are before us. And hopefully and prayerfully, the things that are before us are good things in any year. In any typical year, there are typically good things that occur and the flip side, there are bad things. And then throughout the year, there are any number of individuals that come to the close of life here on earth. And yet, despite whatever we face in this life, I want to encourage us to hold to God's unchanging hand. As we embark on 2013, I think it's imperative that we as God's people see the importance of always holding to God's hand, come what may. Let me begin by talking about holding to God's hand in tough times. In Romans the eighth chapter, Paul talks about holding to God's unchanging hand in tough times or difficult times. And I guess maybe the question that we would do well to ask, how will we accept tough times in this life? Will we hold to God's unchanging hand? Listen to what Paul asked in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. As we think about accepting tough times, difficult times in life, Go back and look with me for just a moment at some of the things that Paul lists. He begins by talking about tribulation. Are we gonna allow tribulation? And the word tribulation here means a pressing together. Carries with it the idea of pressure. Sometimes we are pressured in this life because of our spiritual relationship to God. You remember Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three. In the world, you will have tribulation. In Romans chapter 5, Paul talks about tribulation and how tribulation leads to patience or perseverance. But then he asks, will we allow tribulation or distress? The word distress means a narrow place. And the idea, I believe, is we feel as if we're hemmed in. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 Paul talks about how that as members of the body of Christ they were hard pressed on every side. He said but we're not crushed. Sometimes we use the expression between a rock and a hard place. And then he asks, what about persecution? Jesus said in John 15 verse 20 if they persecuted me they will persecute you. Would we allow persecution, an infringement upon our freedom to serve God? Would we allow that to distract us from holding to God's hand? Jesus would say in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What about famine? The word famine means hunger. Now you can read the book of Revelation and in Revelation John is writing to Christians who are undergoing a siege of persecution at the hands of the Roman Empire. Domitian was on the throne and Domitian wanted to be addressed as Lord and God. And in the book of Revelation John speaks of the mark of the beast. And the idea there is that There were Christians that were facing economic oppression. They were prevented or prohibited from buying and selling in the marketplace because of their faith in Almighty God. There were people in Paul's day that understood what it meant to be hungry. Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said that he lived in hunger and thirst. And then he talks about nakedness. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said that he lived under extreme conditions in cold and nakedness. Peril. Would we allow the perils of this life, the dangers of this life to cause us to cease holding to God's unchanging hand? Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about the numerous perils or dangers that he faced. He said, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils among the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. You get the idea that Paul was facing a lot in life. And then he speaks of the sword, and that literally means death. In Acts chapter 12, we read of Herod, who had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And so Paul is asking the question, are we going to allow these things to separate us from the love of Christ? And so I asked the question a moment ago, how will we accept tough times? But let me ask a second question. What should our attitude be in tough times? Listen to what Paul said, because I believe Paul answers the question. He said, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul is saying, look, tough times may come, but we are victorious. We are conquerors through Jesus. Nothing's going to separate us. As a matter of fact, the motivating principle behind staying true to God, holding to his hand, is his great love. We talk about the love of God, the love of Christ, and then reciprocating that love. John said we love him because he first loved us. Listen to Paul. He said, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, Shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think what Paul is saying is look, there is nothing that will come between me and my Lord. I will hold to God's unchanging hand, come what may. Things change in life. We live in a world in which things can change so quickly. Brother Dio mentioned a moment ago the tornado. And I remember when the tornado hit our building. And one of the things that occurred to me in the midst of all of the turmoil that, that came out of the destruction is how quickly life can change. Life can turn on a dime. And so Paul here is saying, as a Christian, I'm digging in I'm going to accept what comes my way. I'm going to accept tough times because God is in my corner. And I can hold to God's unchanging hand, come what may. No matter how difficult, no matter how dark the circumstances may look in this life, I am digging in. My resolve is I'm going to stay true to God. Because after all, he's with me. The Hebrew writer said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? Think with me in the second place about holding to God's hand in triumphant times. We talk about holding to God's hand in tough times. But what about during triumphant times? In other words, in times of delight, in the good times. Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life. What about life? We talk about the bad things that can happen in life, and there are a lot of bad things out there. But what about during the good times of life? Are we going to hold to God's unchanging hand in good times? Someone has said in the past that we handle adversity better than we handle difficulty. A lot of truth in that. You see, when people are riding a wave of prosperity, when things are going well, a lot of folks have no need for God. There are a lot of folks that when things are going well, when things are bright at work, everything's going well at home, things are fine with our children, hey, we don't need God, we don't need Christianity. Whatever it, is, whatever it is that you have to sell, I'm not interested. Everything's going my way. Sometimes good times can be a deterrent to holding to God's hand. Let me just cite for you some of the deterrents or dangers of a good life. And I would be the, I would be the first to admit We want to enjoy a good life. Peter talks about he that would love life and see good days. We want the best in life. We enjoy successes and joys and happiness. We want that for ourselves and for our family members as well as our friends. But sometimes those things can be a distraction. The Bible talks about the danger of materialism. Nothing wrong with money or materialism, but if we allow those things to encroach upon our relationship to God, then, yes, it's a distraction. It becomes a deterrent to holding to God's hand. Jesus would say in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. In other words, life's not all about things. It's not about what you accumulate on this earth. Why is that? Well, Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. There are a lot of folks that have literally hooked their lives, their wagons, if you please, to this earth. They live as if it's all about the here and now. It's all about how many toys they can accumulate. What about money? Paul said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All Paul is saying is that if you're not not careful, you can allow the love of money to become a God in your life. There are a lot of people that have sacrificed their family. They have sacrificed friendships. They have sacrificed their moral principles for money. There are individuals who are in jail today because of the love of money. When good times come, when we're blessed with materialism or material goods, and when we're blessed with money, we need to hold to God's hand. Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 talked about the seed of the kingdom falling on the hearts and lives of people. And he said that there are some who allow the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches to choke out the word in Matthew 13, 22. In other words, here's somebody who allows the cares of the world, the pleasures of the world, the deceitfulness of riches to choke out their spiritual lives. There's another deterrent, and that is the concept of putting all of your emphasis on the outward man. We are people that are comprised of an inner man and an outer man. The inner man, the soul, the spirit. The outer man, the flesh. How many people in our world today are more concerned about the outer man than the inner man? Look at the television ads. Look at, look at some of the magazines that come into your home on a regular basis. What is it advertisers? What is it they're trying to sell? They're trying to tell you you need to look a certain way, you need to dress a certain way, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to make your life more comfortable, you need to drive this kind of automobile, you need to have this kind of furniture, you need to live in this type of home or neighborhood, etc. Where's the emphasis? It's on the outward man. And yet Paul said the outward man perishes But the inward man is being renewed day by day. If you're putting all of your emphasis on this outward man, you need to understand, this body is not going to last forever. And so there are some folks that they allow things to come between them and Almighty God. We talk about deterrence Distractions to holding to God's hand. Is it not the case that what we ought to do is dedicate ourselves to holding to God's hand in good times? Think about it this way. Paul said that we are stewards and that as a steward, we are to be faithful to God in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. And the idea is you are a steward of the time God has given you the talents you possess, and the treasures that he has given you. So why not use the things that God has given us to his service, to his glory, to hold to God's hand in good times, to use our lives in service to him, to focus our lives on him. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let me tell you what, if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, If your life is revolving around Almighty God, you'll hold to his hand. Good times, bad times, come what may. Let me give you a third thing. And that is we need to hold to God's hand at at transition time. Listen again to Paul in verse 38. He said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Note the statement or the word death. What about coming to terms with death? Paul said, I'm persuaded Nothing is going to separate me from God, whether it be life or death, whether it be good times or bad times. My allegiance is to Almighty God. I am here to stay, come what may. First, the acceptance of death. Think about that for a minute. Have you accepted your own mortality? Did you know you're not going to be here forever? You may think you are, but you're not. The Bible tells us it is appointed unto man once to die. After this cometh the judgment. You may live to be 70 or 80 years of age, but the bottom line is this. Unless Jesus comes first you will face the sting of death now we talk about accepting our own mortality coming face to face with the fact that hey we're not going to be here forever Paul in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 said the time of my departure is at hand I'm already being offered Paul knew death was imminent what about you If you knew this would be your final year of existence here on planet earth, would you do things differently? Would you make sure that you're holding tightly to God's unchanging hand? When you and I read scripture, we read about a lot of folks, good and bad, that face death. James said, your life is but a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. There are some people, I think they have the idea they're going to be here forever. And they can't accept the fact that death will one day come. I got news for you. It's coming to all of us. What about then our assurance Do we have assurances in our death or in death? Listen again to Paul. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. The bottom line is Paul is saying death will not come between me and my God. I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand whether I'm living or whether I'm dying. When we look death face or when we look at death, in the face, I would hope and pray that we're holding to his hand. When Paul came to the close of his life here on planet earth, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. I want you to think for just a moment about our assurance as we face our own mortality. In Psalm 23, David, and David is a man after God's own heart, David made this statement about death. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. When we come to the end of the road here on planet Earth, it's comforting to know God will be with us every step of the way. Those of us who are older remember probably back to our childhood days. Those of us who are parents today, we think about our young children. You remember when you would walk with your mama or your daddy? And sometimes as you would walk, they would clasp your hand and you would walk hand in hand. What did that signify to you? Love. Protection, safety, assurance. When we face death, it's comforting to know that God is with us every step of the way. Many years ago, I talked to a lady whose son was dying. And that little fella had some knowledge of scripture. Apparently he knew about the events recorded in Luke 16, the rich man and Lazarus. And in that context, Jesus talks about at death the angel bearing the spirit or soul of Lazarus to the bosom of Abraham. And so she told her son, and he was literally on his deathbed just just a baby. She said, when you see that angel, you run to him. You and I, we can can be assured that when we come to the end of life here, that God will be with us every step of the way. That's why it's imperative that we hold to his hand. As we go through 2013, hold to God's hand in tough times, triumphant times. And when you come to that point in time when literally it's time to transition out of this body to the next world, hold to God's unchanging hand. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Could I encourage you to come to Christ? On the first day, the first Sunday, of a new year. Why not start this year with the resolve that you're going to live for Jesus Christ, come what may. If you're here and you believe Jesus to be the Son of God, and you would be willing to repent of your sins, confess his name before others, be baptized in a watery grave of baptism, the Bible says you will enjoy the forgiveness of your sins, Acts 2.38. You will be added to the body of Christ, Acts 2.47. You will be numbered among the redeemed, Ephesians 5.23, and those who are numbered among the redeemed, those who belong to the church, God has promised to save. If you're here and maybe your life's not what it ought to be, could I encourage you to come home today? Why not let us pray with you and for you? And God will abundantly pardon as we stand and sing.